And welcome to tonight's Zoomcast on Isaiah's Prophecy, Chapter 47, Babylon's Impending Destruction. And I'll be reading tonight from the Isaiah Institute's translation of Isaiah. Verse 1. Get down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Squat on the ground dethroned. O daughter of the Chaldeans, you shall no more be spoken of as delicate and refined. Now, notice the coarse language that Isaiah uses to describe the destruction of the daughter of Babylon. <clears throat> so, at one time, she was the, the glory of the world, and now she is put into a situation of utter debasement. Take two grindstones and grind flour. Unveil, disrobe, bare your legs. Wade through streams. Your nakedness shall be exposed and your shame uncovered. I will take vengeance and not be entreated of men, says our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel whose name is Jehovah of hosts. Now, continuing the theme of absolute debasement and going from glory to wretchedness. Now, this stands in sharp contrast to the invitation that the Lord extends to the daughter Zion. Let's cross-reference Isaiah 52, verses 1 through 3. Awake, arise, clothe yourself with power, O Zion. Put on your robes of glory, O Jerusalem, <clears throat> holy city. No more shall the uncircumcised and defiled enter you. Shake yourself free and rise from the dust. Sit enthroned, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bands around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Thus says Jehovah, you were sold without price, and you shall be redeemed without money. Notice the reversal of fortunes, both of the daughter of Zion and the Harlot daughter Babylon. Verse 5 in Isaiah 47. Sit speechless, retire into obscurity, O daughter of the Chaldeans. Now the Chaldeans were the inhabitants of Babylon. <clears throat> no longer shall you be called mistress of kingdoms. I was provoked by my by my name. So I let my inheritance be defiled. I gave them into your hand and you showed them no mercy. Even the aged you weighed down heavily with your yoke. You thought I, the eternal mistress, exist forever and did not consider these or remember her final destiny. Now, therefore, hear this, O pampered lady. Securely enthroned, thinking to herself, I exist, and other than me, there is nothing. I shall not be widowed or bereaved of children. Bereavement and widowhood shall suddenly overtake you both in one day. They shall come upon you in full, notwithstanding your many magical feats and exceedingly strong combinations. Secure in your wickedness, you thought no one discerns me. By your skill and science, you were led astray. 
thinking to yourself, I exist, and there is none besides me. Now let's cross-reference DNC section one. Verses 7 through 22. Wherefore fear and tremble, O ye people, for what I the Lord have decreed in them shall be fulfilled. Speaking of the book Doctrine and Covenants. And this is the Lord's preface to the book Doctrine and Covenants, which, you know, like Isaiah, is a book of end time prophecy. <clears throat> and like Isaiah, the Doctrine and Covenants employs uh, historical metaphor as end-time precedent. Wherefore, fear and tremble ye, O people, for what I, the Lord, have decreed in them, the book, Doctrine and Covenants, shall be fulfilled. And verily I say unto you that they who go forth bearing these tidings unto the inhabitants of the earth, to them is given power to both seal on earth and in heaven, the unbelieving and the rebellious. Now, who are these who go forth to the inhabitants of the earth bearing these tidings? Well, if we cross reference DNC 88, verse 74. And I give unto you who are the first labors in this last kingdom, a commandment that you shall assemble yourselves together and organize yourselves and prepare yourselves and sanctify yourselves and purify your hearts and cleanse your hands and your feet before me that I may make you clean. Verse 80, that ye, the first labors in the last kingdom, those who were ordained with Joseph on June 4th, 1831, and shortly thereafter, the second order of Melchizedek priesthood and became members of the holy order. And this was the group who were the candidates, if they should prove themselves true and faithful, to return with Joseph in a second ministry, as <clears throat> is prophesied in DNC 101, verse 55, which says, And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, and we know from DNC 103 that this is Joseph Smith, Jr., Go and gather together the residue of my servants or those first labors and last kingdom who qualify to return with the servant Joseph and take all the strength of mine house, which are my warriors, my young men, they that are of middle age also among all my servants who are the strength of mine house, save those only whom I have appointed to tarry. And so the initial mission is to gather out from among Latter-day Saints the strength of the Lord's house. Now look what is part of their mission also. And get ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard, redeem my vineyard, for it is mine, I have bought it with money. <clears throat> Therefore get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen. This is the beginning of the destruction of the harlot Babylon. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. So back in DNC 88. That ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again in a second ministry, 175 years 
after your first. To magnify the callings whereunto I have called you, and the mission with which I have commissioned you. Behold, I sent you out to testify and warn the people, and it becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. Therefore they are left without excuse, and their sins are upon their own heads. And he that seeketh me early shall find me, and shall not be forsaken. Therefore tarry ye and labor diligently, that you may be perfected in your ministry to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time. As many as the mouth of the Lord shall name. Well, who does the mouth of the Lord name? Those who enter into the covenant which he offers to them. The new and everlasting covenant. Even the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, that's man's oath, that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is God's oath in return. And the two oaths make a covenant. And it is entering into that covenant, not only with our lips, but also our hearts, that qualify us to um, receive the fullness of the gospel, whether or not we um, fully live it, um, and then qualify to be gathered out. That is a separate matter, but we must be hearkening unto the voice of the Spirit and obeying the voice of the Spirit to qualify to receive the fullness of the gospel. And to be among those as the mouth of the Lord shall name, to bind up the law and seal up the testimony, and to prepare the saints for the hour of judgment which is to come. <clears throat> now, this hour of judgment which is to come is the beginning of the abomination of desolation and the beginning of the takedown of the harlot Babylon, which begins in the Lord's own house and extends from there to the ends of the earth. Verse 85, that their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of abomination which awaits the wicked, both in this world and in the world to come. So back in DNC section one. And verily I say unto you, this is verse eight, they who go forth. So we just read about those who go forth. Um, but they're even more than this because it includes not only Joseph and the first laborers in the last kingdom who return with them, but all who have desires to serve God and are willing to thrust in their sickle, not only with our mouths, but also our hearts, meaning that we're actually willing to do the work. Um, for God is gathering his gatherers. They who go forth bearing these tidings unto the inhabitants of the earth, to them power is given to seal both on earth and in heaven, the unbelieving and the rebellious. Well, what does that mean? Power is given to seal both on earth and in heaven, the unbelieving and the rebellious. Let's go to, you know, scripture we've referenced many times, but it's Helaman chapter 10. And this is the, this is the account of God sealing the second order of Melchizedek priesthood upon Nephi, um, who was already a member of the holy order when 
He had this priesthood conferred upon him, but now he's passed all the associated tests. And these about whom the Lord is speaking will in like manner pass all of the associated tests that they might have this, the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, uh, not only be ordained to it, but also have it sealed upon them. And as we know from JST Genesis 14, the sealing of this priesthood comes from the calling of God, the Father's own voice. The end of verse 3. Behold, a voice came unto him, saying, Blessed art thou, Nephi, for those things which thou hast done. For I have beheld how thou hast with unweariness declared the word. So those men who are candidates for this ascension level for this weight for this responsibility um, will also have to prove themselves in like manner uh, with unweariness declaring the doctrine of christ to all who will receive it in the face of much opposition which i have given unto thee unto this people and thou hast not feared them and hast not sought thine own life but has sought my will and to keep my commandments. So a man to be sealed unto this order of the priesthood must be willing to, to face all manner of hazards, similar to what is described in Alma 13. Or Alma 17. Speaking of the sons of Mosiah, and Alma the Younger. Verse 5. Now these are the circumstances which attended them in their journeys. For they had many afflictions, and they did suffer much both in body and in mind, such as hunger, thirst, and fatigue, and also much labor in the spirit. <laughs> and what had happened to um, Nephi, in Helaman chapter 5, who had been preaching with his brother Lehi, they had been imprisoned and um, they had been, you know, beaten. And the guards were now coming to slay them when they were rescued by pillars of heavenly fire. But they were willing to put everything on the altar and risk everything. And this idea is again given in DNC 103, verse 27 and 28. Let no man be afraid to lay down his life for my sake. For whoso layeth down his life for my sake shall find it again. And whoso is not willing to lay down his life for my sake is not my disciple. So continuing in Helaman 10. Verse 4, blessed art thou, Nephi, for those things which thou hast done. For I have beheld how thou hast with unweariness declared the word, which I have given unto thee, unto this people. And thou hast not feared them, and hast not sought thine own life, but hast sought my will, and to keep my commandments. And now because thou hast done this with such unweariness, behold, I will bless thee forever, and I will make thee mighty in word and in deed, in faith and in works, yea, even that all things shall be done unto thee according to thy word. For thou shalt not ask that which is contrary to my will. 
Behold, thou art Nephi, and I am God. Behold, I declare it unto thee in the presence of mine angels, that ye shall have power over this people, and shall smite the earth with famine, and with pestilence and destruction, according to the wickedness of this people. Behold, I give unto you power that whatsoever ye shall seal on earth shall be sealed in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, and thus shall ye have power among this people. And thus, if ye shall say unto this temple, it shall be rent in twain, it shall be done. And if, you sh and if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou cast down and become smooth, it shall be done. And behold, if ye shall say that God shall smite this people, it shall come to pass. And now behold, I command you that ye shall go and declare unto this people that thus the Lord God, who is the Almighty, Except ye repent, ye shall be smitten even unto destruction. Okay, so now we have some context to understand this. Who is being talked about is being sent out in DNC section one. So again, verse nine, verily, verily, to seal up unto the day when the wrath of God shall be poured out upon the wicked without measure. And verse 8, and verily I say unto you that they who go forth hearing or bearing these tidings unto the inhabitants of the earth, to them is power given to seal both on earth and in heaven, the unbelieving and the rebellious. So this is the sealing of the second order of Melchizedek priesthood. That's where the endowment of power to seal on earth and in heaven and to command the elements comes. And this is also talked about in DNC 107. DNC 107 sets out the entire path of ascension. Um, so DNC 107 verse 19 regarding the sealing of this priesthood to have the privilege of receiving the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, to have the heavens opened unto them to commune with the general assembly and church of the firstborn, and to enjoy the communion and presence of God, the Father, and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And also in DNC 76. Verse 56. They are they who are priests and kings, who have received of his fullness and of his glory. This is the ascension level when one has the second order of Melchizedek priesthood sealed upon them. And are priests of the Most High after the order of Melchizedek, which was after the order of Enoch, which is after the order of the only begotten Son. Wherefore, as it is written there, God little g, even the sons of God big g. Back to DNC 1. Unto the day, verse 10. When the Lord shall come to recompense unto every man, according to his work and measure to every man, according to the measure which he has measured to his fellow man. Wherefore, the voice of the Lord is unto all the ends of the earth, that all that will hear may hear. Prepare ye, prepare ye for that which is to come. For the Lord is nigh. And the anger of the Lord is kindled, and his sword is bathed in heaven. And it shall fall upon the inhabitants of the earth. And the arm of the Lord shall be revealed, and the day cometh that they who will not hear the voice of the Lord, neither the voice of his servants. And we just talked about who those servants are. 
neither give heed to the words of the prophets and apostles shall be cut off from among the people. Now, the first line of verse 14 is a reference to the arm of the Lord as used in Isaiah. And the Lord has two arms, his right arm, which is his end time servant. And the, the next line defines who will not hear the voice of the Lord, neither the voice of his servants. And the left arm is the arm of destruction, even the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. Verse 15, for they have strayed from mine ordinances and have broken mine everlasting covenant. Well, who has strayed from his ordinances and broken his everlasting covenant? DNC 45. Verse 28, and when the times of the Gentiles is come in, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of my gospel. You know, this is the day of the Lord with the return of the servant and the restoration of the fullness of the gospel. And then speaking about church members collectively, but not individually, but they receive it not. And parenthetically, these are the ones who have broken the new and everlasting covenant and have strayed from mine ordinances. Well, what are the Lord's ordinances? The Lord's ordinances that he is referring to is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is the endowment of power for which the Nauvoo and Kirtland temples were built. And not only do we not speak of it um, because of the hardness of our hearts and our unwillingness to obey the voice of the spirit. Um, not only do we not teach it, we don't talk about it. You know, we also have lost the power and authority to perform the very ordinance, you know, which is at the center of the restoration of the gospel. It is how we become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. It is how we come to that level where we're able to receive the revelation about how to part the veil and enter into the rest of the Lord. Now back in DNC, section one. Verse 15. For they have strayed from mine ordinances and have broken mine everlasting covenant. Again, that covenant is given in 3 Nephi 9, verse 20. Our oath is the sacrifice of a broken heart and contract spirit in this new and everlasting covenant. And the Lord's is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. They seek not the Lord to establish his righteousness. Again, we have Isaiah terminology. His righteousness is a metaphor for the Lord's end time servant. And remember, as we read, in DNC 45, a light shall break forth among them that sit in darkness, and it shall be the fullness of the gospel, but they receive it not, for they perceive not the light. 
And continuing, verse 16, they seek not the Lord to establish his righteousness, but every man walketh in his own way and after the image of his own God. Well, what does that mean? Every man walketh in his own way. It doesn't mean that with our lips, we reject the Savior, but rather we come unto him on our own terms. We come unto him on a whole set of false doctrines and principles that were not given by God and are not how he has instructed us to come unto him. And if we were hearkening to the voice of the Spirit, we would understand this and we would repent. And we would discover the new covenant in the Book of Mormon, and we would seek instruction from the Spirit about what this exactly means. And then we would fulfill the instruction that we were given. Every man walketh in his own way, and after the image of his own God, whose image is in the likeness of the world and whose substance is that of an idol, which waxeth old, and shall perish in Babylon, even Babylon the great which shall fall. Wherefore I the Lord, knowing the calamity which should come upon the inhabitants of the earth, called upon my servant Joseph Smith Jr., and spake unto him from heaven, and gave him commandments, and also gave commandments to others that they should proclaim these things, unto the world, and all this, that it might be fulfilled, which was written by the prophets. The weak things of the world shall come forth and break down the mighty and the strong ones, that man should not counsel his fellow man, neither trust in the arm of flesh. Now, what does that mean, that man should not counsel his fellow men or trust in the arm of flesh? Well, Nephi gives his definition in 2 Nephi 28, verse 31. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. Or in other words, when we receive with gladness words spoken by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, that is what God expects of us. What is an abomination to him is that when we accept as doctrine and commandments from the Lord that which is not spoken by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, or that which is written not by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost. Verse 20 in DNC 1. But that every man might speak in the name of God the Lord, even the Savior of the world. Well, when does this happen? Well, it happens at the time of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. For if we go to 2 Nephi 20, um, 2 Nephi 31. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, verse 13, I know that if ye shall follow the Son with full purpose of heart, acting no hypocrisy and no deception before God, but with real intent repenting of your sins, witnessing unto the Father that ye are willing to take upon you the name of Christ by baptism, yea, 
by following your Lord and your Savior down into the water according to his word. Behold, then shall you receive the Holy Ghost, i.e. the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yea, then cometh the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. And then can ye speak with the tongue of angels and shout praises unto the Holy One of Israel. <clears throat> this speaking by the tongue of angels is the same as King Benjamin's people reference in Mosiah chapter 5. Verse 3. And the words of King Benjamin in his final discourse were given to him by an angel as the final piece that his people needed to fully come to a broken heart and contrite spirit that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And verse 2, And they all cried with one voice, saying, We believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. So, because King Benjamin spoke the words of Christ, his people receiving his words was not relying upon the arm of flesh. And also we know of their surety and truth because the spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts, that we have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. And we ourselves also through the infinite goodness of God and the manifestations of his spirit have great views of that which is to come. And were it expedient, we could prophesy of all things. This. If it were expedient, we could prophesy of all things. Means the same thing as in 2 Nephi 31, where after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that a man or woman can then speak with the tongue of angels. And so back in DNC 1. But that every man, verse 20, might speak in the name of God, the Lord, even our Savior of the world or even that every man might do what is required of him to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then have power to speak with the tongue of angels, and if it were necessary, even to prophesy all things. Verse 21, that faith also might increase in the earth. Well, what does that mean, that faith also might increase in the earth? Well, faith is not what we traditionally define it as which is belief and trust. That is hope. And we must combine hope with faith. But faith is seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. So that faith or seeking after receiving and acting on revelation, which is precisely how one receives the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, might increase in the earth. And it's by faith that we are able to access and exercise the powers of heaven. Um, whether one has the priesthood or not. A man exercises power in the priesthood through faith or seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. A man without priesthood is able to access powers in heaven through seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. A woman is able to access the powers of heaven by seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. But as a priest, as a man receives more priesthood, and he has, as he has that priesthood sealed upon him, um, the power which he has given uh, increases over that which he would be able to exercise through faith alone. But when a man combines faith 
with priesthood power, um, his ability to access the power of heaven is exponentially increased until the day when he finally is ordained and sealed to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood and is able to seal on earth and in heaven and to command the very elements in God's service. Verse 22, that mine everlasting covenant might be established. Okay, so that the whole reason that these men are endowed with power from on high to go forth um, and do whatsoever is expedient that they might proclaim the gospel is so that those who receive it might also receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost that my everlasting covenant might be established, that the fullness of my gospel might be proclaimed by the weak and the simple unto the ends of the world and before kings and rulers. Now, let's go to DNC 29. Starting in verse 7. And ye are called to bring to pass the gathering of mine elect. For mine elect hear my voice and harden not their hearts, which is the exact opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Wherefore the decree hath gone forth from Father, that all shall be gathered in unto one place upon the face of this land, to prepare their hearts and be prepared in all things against the day when tribulation and desolation are sent forth upon the wicked, or the destruction of the harlot Babylon starting first among the Lord's own house. For the hour is nigh and the day soon at hand when the earth is ripe and the proud and they that do wickedly shall be as stubble. And I will burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that wickedness shall not be upon the earth. For the hour is nigh and that which was spoken by mine apostles must be fulfilled. For as they spoke, so shall it come to pass. For I will reveal myself from heaven with power and great glory, with all the hosts thereof, and dwell in righteousness with men on earth a thousand years, and the wicked shall not stand. And again, verily I say unto you, and it hath gone forth in a firm decree by the will of the Father, that mine apostles, the twelve which were with me in my ministry at Jerusalem, shall stand at my right hand at the day of my coming in a pillar of fire, being clothed with robes of righteousness, with crowns upon their heads, in glory even as I am, to judge the whole house of Israel, even as many as have loved me, and kept my commandments and none else. For a trump shall sound both long and loud, even upon Mount Sinai, and all the earth shall quake, and they shall come forth, yea, even the dead which died in me to receive a crown of righteousness and to be clothed upon even as I am to be with me that we may be one but behold I say unto you that before this great day shall come the sun shall be darkened the moon shall be turned into blood and the stars shall fall from heaven and there shall be greater signs in heaven above and in the earth beneath and there shall be weeping and wailing among the hosts of men and there shall be great hailstorms sent forth to destroy the crops of the earth and it shall come to pass that because of the wickedness of the world that i will take vengeance upon the wicked and they will not 
for they will not repent, for the cup of mine indignation is full. For behold, my blood shall not cleanse them if they hear me not. Wherefore, I, the Lord God, will send forth flies upon the face of the earth, which shall take hold of the inhabitants thereof and shall eat their flesh and shall cause maggots to come in upon them. And their tongues shall be stayed, that they shall not utter against me. And their flesh shall fall from their bones and their eyes from their sockets. And it shall come to pass that the beasts of the forest and the fowls of the air shall devour them up. And the great and abominable church, which is the whore of all the earth, shall be cast down by devouring fire, according as it is spoken by the mouth of Ezekiel the prophet, who spoke of these things which have not come to pass, but surely must, as I live, for abominations shall not reign. And all these things shall be fulfilled in our generation. And again, fairly, verily, I say unto you that when the thousand years are ended and men again begin to deny their God, when will I spare the earth but for a little season? Or in other words, at the end of the millennium, when Lucifer is unbound, um, he will gather his forces and there will be the battle of Gog and Magog. And the NC 35, verses 10 through 12. And the time speedily cometh that great things are to be shown forth unto the children of men. But without faith shall not anything be shown forth except desolations upon Babylon. The same which has made all nations to drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. And there are none. Now, notice also the harlot imagery at the end of verse 11 when talking about Babylon. And there are none that doeth good except those who are ready to receive the fullness of my gospel, which I have sent forth unto this generation. Okay, again, time after time after time, we have accounts of Prophecy in the Doctrine and Covenants, which are end-time prophecy. Wherefore, I call upon the weak things of the world, those who are unlearned and displeased to thrash the nations by the power of my spirit. And with their arm shall be my arm, and I will be their shield and their buckler, and I will gird up their loins, and they shall fight manfully for me. And their enemies shall be under their feet, and I will let fall the sword in their behalf. And by the fire of mine indignation will I preserve them. So, you know, often I hear that uh, we need take no, you know, physical preparation for the times that are coming, for the Lord will do all things for us. But in all of the examples in the Book of Mormon that we have, the Lord did not do for his people what they could do for themselves and what he could empower them to do. He made them equal to the tasks that they were able to accomplish. Um, his work and the preservation of their lives and their families and to secure their freedom and their religion. But he did not do it for them. He made them equal to the task. Verse 
and the poor and the meek shall have the gospel preached unto them, and they shall be looking forth for the time of my coming, for it is night at hand. Now, the poor and the meek, it's not talking about those of low monetary possession. It's talking about those who are humble, who have open hearts, who are willing to receive and to act. And DNC 86. Verses 1 through 10. Verily, thus saith the Lord unto you, my servants, concerning the parable of the wheat and the tares. Behold, verily I say, the field was the world, and the apostles were the sowers of the seed. And after they have fallen asleep, the great persecutor of the church, the apostate, the whore, even Babylon, that maketh all nations to drink of her cup, in whose hearts the enemy, even Satan, sitteth to reign. Behold, he soweth the tares, wherefore the tares choke the wheat and drive the church into the wilderness. And as a cross-reference, 2 Nephi 28. 2 Nephi 28. Nephi, seeing our day and prophesying of us, verse 14. They were stiff necks and high heads, yea, because of pride and wickedness and abominations and whoredoms. They have all gone astray, save it be a few who are the humble followers of Christ. Nevertheless, they are led that in many instances they do err because they are taught by the precepts of men. It is the tares who teach the precepts of men. End of verse 3 in 86. Behold, he soweth the tares, wherefore the tares choke the wheat and drive the church into the wilderness. But behold, in the last days, even now, while the Lord is beginning to bring forth the word, and the blade is springing up and is yet tender. Behold, verily I say unto you, the angels are crying unto the Lord day and night, who are ready and waiting to be sent forth to reap down the fields. And the Lord saith unto them, pluck not up the tares, while the blade is yet tender, for verily your faith is weak, lest you destroy the wheat also. So I hear many people say, well... After the restoration of the gospel in Joseph Smith's first ministry, he would the Lord would never allow um, the gospel to go into apostasy. Well, he answers that charge here. Wherefore, let the wheat and the tares grow together, verse 7, until the harvest is fully ripe. Then ye shall first gather out the wheat from among the tares. And after the gathering of the wheat, behold, and lo, the tares are bound in bundles, and the field remaineth to be burned. Therefore, thus saith the Lord unto you, with whom the priesthood hath continued through the lineage of your fathers. For ye are lawful heirs according to the flesh, and have been hid from the world with Christ in God. And, you know, again, DNC 88:74. And I give unto you who are the first laborers in the last kingdom a commandment that you assemble yourselves together and organize yourselves and prepare yourselves and sanctify yourselves. Yea, purify your hearts and cleanse your hands and your feet before me that I may make you clean. Verse 80, that ye may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again to magnify the calling whereunto I have called you and the mission with which I have commissioned you. Verse 84, 
84. Therefore, tarry ye and labor diligently that ye may be perfected in your ministry to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time. As many as the mouth of the Lord shall name to bind up the law and seal up the testimony and to prepare the saints for the hour of judgment, which is to come that their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of abomination, which awaits the wicked. Back in the NC 86. You know, these are they who the priesthood hath continued through the lineage of their fathers, meaning um, that they were able to gain access to the Aaronic priesthood through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and then by awaking, arising, receiving the fullness of the gospel, be able to be ordained both to the first and second orders of Melchizedek priesthood. Verse 9, for ye are lawful heirs according to the flesh, and have been hid from the world with Christ in God. Now as a cross-reference um, regarding this very thing, Alma 13, verse 3. And this is the man manner after which they were ordained, they being high priests in the holy order, which we did a quick case study on in Helaman chapter 10, DNC 76 and DNC 107. Being called and prepared from the foundation of the world. Okay, this is the same thing as, for ye are lawful heirs according to the flesh and have been hid from the world with Christ in God. Back in Alma 13, continuing in verse 3. Prepared from the foundation of the world according to the foreknowledge of God on the account of their exceeding faith and good works. In the first place, being left to choose good or evil. Therefore, they having chosen good and exercised exceedingly great faith are called with a holy calling, yea, with that holy calling which was prepared with and according to a preparatory redemption for such to what? Well, verses 1 and 2. And again, my brethren, I would cite your minds forward to the time when the Lord gave these commandments unto, the ch unto his children. And I would that ye should remember that the Lord God ordained priests after his holy order. Notice that it says the Lord God ordained priests. For that is how the ordination to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood takes place. Which was after the order of his son. So the Lord God here is God the Father. The second order of Melchizedek priesthood is the fullness of his priesthood um, bestowed here upon man upon the earth, while the first order of Melchizedek priesthood is the fullness of Christ's priesthood bestowed upon men here on the earth, which was after the order of his son to teach these things unto the people. And those priests were ordained after the order of his son in a manner that thereby the people might know in what manner to look forward to his son for redemption. So the only reason that these priesthoods are conferred upon a man is that they might devote themselves to a life of service to lift all who will receive it um, giving and proclaiming the doctrine of christ that all might become sons and daughters and instructed to enter into the lord's rest continuing in dnc 86 therefore your life and the priesthood have remained and must needs remain through you, your lineage, until the restoration of all things, by the mouths of all the holy prophets since the world began. And in DNC 85, verse 7, regarding the coming on the scene of the Lord's end-time servant, 
And it shall come to pass that I, the Lord God, will send one mighty and strong, holding the scepter of power in his hand. This one mighty and strong is the end-time Davidic servant that is one of the major focuses of Isaiah, who is to be that Elias who prepares the earth for the turn of Jesus Christ in his glory. And he is that same servant that the Lord speaks to in DNC 101.55 with the reversal of fortune, who assembles the servants and gathers out the strength of the Lord's house for the end time exodus. Holding the scepter of power in his hand, clothed with light for a covering, whose mouth shall utter words, eternal words, while his bowels shall be a fountain of truth. To set in order the house of God, you do not have to set in order that which is uh, not out of order. And so the house of God also being defined here in DNC 85, the same as it is defined in DNC 101, not as a physical uh, temple building, but um, the membership of the church to set in order the house of God. And again, you do not have to set in order something that is not out of order. To arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints whose names are found and the names of their fathers and their children enrolled in the book of the law of God. And the identity of this servant, this one mighty and strong, given in DNC 103, verse 21, Verily, verily, I say unto you that my servant Joseph Smith Jr. is the man to whom I liken the servant to whom the Lord of the vineyard spake in the parable which I've given unto you. Therefore, let my servant Joseph Smith Jr. say to the strength of my house, my young men and the middle age, gather yourselves together unto the land of Zion upon the land which I have bought with money that has been consecrated unto me. DNC 133. Starting in verse 1. Hearken, O ye people of my church, saith the Lord your God, and hear the word of the Lord concerning you. And, you know, the reason that we're spending so much time in the Doctrine and Covenants is that the book of Doctrine and Covenants is the key which unlocks the sealed prophecy of the book of Isaiah. Hearken, ye people of my church, saith the Lord your God, and hear the word of the Lord concerning you. The Lord who shall suddenly come to his temple, the Lord who shall come down upon the world with a curse to judgment, yea, upon all the nations that forget God and upon the ungodly among you. For he shall make bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations. And we know from Isaiah that that is the Lord's end time servant. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of their God. Wherefore, prepare ye, prepare ye. O my people, sanctify yourselves, gather ye together, O ye people of my church, upon the land of Zion, all you that have not been commanded to tarry. Go ye out from Babylon, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Call your solemn assemblies and speak often one to another, and let every man call upon the name of the Lord. Yea, verily I say unto you again that the time has come when the voice of the Lord is unto you. 
Go ye out from Babylon, gather ye out from among the nations of the four winds, from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Send forth the elders of my church unto the nations which are afar off. Unto the islands of the sea, send forth unto foreign lands, call upon the nations, upon all nations, first upon the Gentiles and then upon the Jews. Or in other words, before the fullness of the gospel in this second restoration can go forth to the inhabitants of the earth, it must first go, first go forth to the Gentiles or to the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And once the members of the church have had a chance to accept or reject, then the end-time exodus will commence and the fullness of the gospel will begin to be taken to the inhabitants of the earth, at least all those who qualify for deliverance from destruction and from bondage. Verse 9, and behold, and lo, this shall be their cry and the voice of the Lord unto all people. Go ye forth unto the land of Zion, that the borders of my people may be enlarged, and that her stakes may be strengthened, and that Zion may go forth unto the regions round about. Yea, let the cry go forth among all people. Awake and a cry arise, go forth to meet the bridegroom. Behold, and lo, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Prepare ye yourselves for the great day of the Lord. And who is it that are allowed to go forth and meet the bridegroom? Well, DNC 84. It's the wise virgins. And what separates the wise from the foolish? The wise are those who take the Holy Spirit as their guide. Therefore, they find the truth and are not deceived. They are those who are invited to go forth and meet the bridegroom. So, you know, DNC 45. Verse 50, verses 56 and 57. And at that day, when I shall come in my glory, shall the parable be fulfilled, which I spake concerning the ten virgins. For they that are wise and have received the truth and have taken the Holy Spirit for their guide and have not been deceived, verily I say unto you, they shall not be hewn down and cast into the fire, but shall abide the day. Back in DNC 133. Verse 19. Wherefore, prepare ye for the coming of the bridegroom. Go ye, go ye out to meet him. And verse 16. Hearken and hear ye, O inhabitants of the earth. Listen ye, elders of my church, together and hear the voice of the Lord. For he calleth upon all men, and he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. For behold, the Lord God has sent forth the angel crying through the midst of heaven saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight, for the hour of his coming is nigh. And when the Lamb shall stand upon Mount Zion. And what is Mount Zion? Mount Zion is New Jerusalem. And if we cross-reference DNC 84, verse 2. And the word of the Lord concerning his church established in the last days, 
for the restoration of his people, as he has spoken by the mouth of his prophets, and for the gathering of his saints to stand upon Mount Zion, which shall be the city of New Jerusalem, which, which, which city shall be built beginning at the temple lot, which is appointed by the finger of the Lord in the western boundaries of the state of Missouri, and dedicated by the hand of Joseph Smith Jr. and others whom the Lord was well pleased. Verily, this is the word of the Lord, that the city New Jerusalem shall be built by the gathering of the saints beginning at this place, even the place of the temple, which temple shall be reared in this generation. Okay, again, this generation referring to our generation and not the generation of Joseph Smith's first ministry. For verily, this generation shall not pass away until a house shall be built unto the Lord and a cloud shall rest upon it, which cloud shall even be the glory of the Lord, which shall fill the house. Okay, this temple was not built during Joseph Smith's first ministry. It is during his second. Going back to DNC 133. Verse 20, for behold, he shall stand upon Mount Olivet and upon the mighty ocean, even the great deep and upon the islands of the sea and upon the land of Zion. And he shall utter his voice out of Zion and he shall speak from Jerusalem and his voice shall be heard among all people. And it shall be a voice as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder and shall break down the mountains and the valleys shall not be found. And he shall command the great deep, and it shall be driven back into the north countries, and the islands shall become one land. And the land of Jerusalem and the land of Zion shall be turned back into their own place. So there will be again one land mass, as before the days of Peleg. Imagine that earthquake. And the earth shall be like as it was in the days before it was divided. And the Lord, even the Savior, shall stand in the midst of his people and shall reign over all flesh. And they who are in the north country shall come in remembrance before the Lord. And their prophets shall hear his voice and shall no longer stay themselves. And they shall smite the rocks and the ice shall flow down at their presence. And a highway shall be cast up in the midst of the great deep and their enemies shall become a prey unto them. <coughs> and in the barren deserts, there shall come forth pools of living water, and the parched ground shall no longer be a thirsty land. Well, this is a theme carried out through almost every chapter of Isaiah, that even though the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, will turn the earth into a barren wasteland, yet as the Lord delivers his people out of bondage, he will provide for them even sufficiency of food and shelter and clothing and protection. And they shall bring forth their rich treasures unto the children of Ephraim, my servants. And his boundaries of the everlasting hills shall tremble at their presence. So just a note about verse 30. And they shall bring forth their rich treasures unto the children of Ephraim, my servants. It, it's Ephraim that is called to be the gatherers of the rest of Israel. And that's why the cleansing begins in the Lord's own house, because there is a concentration of Ephraim among the Latter-day Saints, especially those who receive the fullness of the gospel. 
verse 32. And there shall they fall down and be crowned with glory, even in Zion, by the hands of the servants of the Lord, even the children of Ephraim. So this is talking about once New Jerusalem is established, then these kings and priests will be sent to the four corners of the earth to continue the gathering and lead independent exoduses back to New Jerusalem. And they shall be filled with songs of everlasting joy. Behold, this is the blessing of the everlasting God upon the tribes of Israel, and the richer blessing upon the head of Ephraim and his fellows, because they're called to be the gatherers. And they also of the tribe of Judah, after her pain, shall be sanctified in holiness before the Lord to dwell in his presence day and night forever and ever. And now verily thus saith the Lord that these things might be known among you, O inhabitants of the earth. I have sent forth mine angel flying through the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel who hath appeared unto some and hath committed it unto man, who shall appear unto many that dwell on the earth. And this gospel shall be preached unto every nation and kindred and tongue and people. And the servants of God shall go forth saying with a loud voice, fear God and give him glory and give glory to him for the hour of a judgment is come. And worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of water, calling upon the name of the Lord day and night, saying that thou wouldst rend the heavens and thou wouldst come down and the mountains might flow down at thy presence. And it shall be answered upon their heads for the presence of the Lord shall be as the melting fire that burneth and the fire which causeth the waters to boil. O Lord, thou shalt come down to make thy name known to thine adversaries, and all nations shall tremble at thy presence. When thou doest terrible things, they look not for. Yea, when thou comest down, and the mountains flow down at thy presence, thou shalt meet him who rejoiceth, and worketh righteousness, and who remembereth thee in thy ways. For since the beginning of the world have not men heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath any eye seen. O God, besides thee, how great things thou hast prepared for him that waiteth for thee. And it's a constant theme of Isaiah, that these are they who are delivered from both destruction and bondage, those who wait upon the Lord. And it shall be said, who is this that cometh down from God in heaven with dyed garments? Yea, from the regions, regions which are not known, clothed in his glorious apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. And he shall say, I am he who spake in righteousness, mighty to save. And the Lord shall be read in his apparel and his garments like him that treadeth in a wine vat. And so great shall be the glory of his presence that the sun shall hide his face in shame. And the moon shall withhold its light and the stars shall be hurled from their places. And his voice shall be heard. I have trodden the winepress alone and I have bought and I have brought judgment upon all people, and none were with me. And I have trampled them in my fury. I did tread upon them in mine anger. Their blood have I sprinkled upon my garments and stained all my raiment. For this the day of the vengeance which was in my heart. And now the year of my redeemed is come. And they shall mention the loving kindness of their Lord. And all that he has bestowed upon them according to his goodness. And according to his loving kindness forever and ever. In all their afflictions, he was afflicted, and the angel of the presence of his presence saved them, 
And in his love and in his pity, he redeemed them and bore them and carried them all the days of old. Yea, and Enoch also, and they who were with him, and the prophets who were before him, and Noah also, and they who were also before him, and Moses also, and they who were before him, and from Moses to Elijah, and from Elijah to John, who were with Christ in his resurrection, and the holy apostles with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, shall be in the presence of the Lamb. And the graves of the saints shall be opened, and they shall come forth and stand on the right hand of the Lamb, when he shall stand upon Mount Zion, or New Jerusalem, and upon the holy city, the New Jerusalem, and they shall sing the song of the Lamb day and night forever and ever. And for this cause, that men might be made partakers of the glories which were to be revealed, and the Lord sent forth the fullness of his gospel, his everlasting covenant, reasoning in plainness and simplicity. Again, it's the responsibility of those of Ephraim who will take the fullness of the gospel to the ends of the earth to proclaim the doctrine of Christ, which is the new and everlasting covenant, even that of a broken heart, contrite spirit for the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that one might be instructed how to enter into the rest of the Lord in this lifetime. Verse 58, to preach the weak for those things which are coming on the earth for the Lord's errand in the day when he, the weak shall confound the wise and the little one becomes strong, become a strong nation and two shall put their tens of thousands to flight. And by the weak things of the earth, the Lord shall thrash the nations by the power of his spirit. And for this cause, these commandments were given. They were commanded to be kept from the world in the day that they were given but now are to go forth unto all flesh and this according to the mind and will of the lord who ruleth over all flesh and unto him that repenteth and sanctifieth himself before the lord shall be given eternal life and upon them that hearken not to the voice of the lord shall be fulfilled that which was written by the prophet moses that they should be cut off from among the people and also that which was written by the prophet malachi for behold, the day cometh that the proud shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Before this shall the answer of the Lord, shall be the answer of the Lord unto them. In that day, when I come unto mine own, no man among you received me, and you were driven out. When I called again, there was none of you to answer that my arm was, yet my arm was not shortened at all that I could not redeem, neither my power to deliver. There's a cross-reference, 2 Nephi 28. <clears throat> Very last verse, verse 32. Woe be unto the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Gentiles saith the Lord God of hosts, for notwithstanding I shall lengthen out mine arm unto them from day to day, they will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord God, if they will repent and come unto me. For mine arm, an Isaiah metaphor for the Lord's end time servant, is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord God of hosts. Back in DNC 133. At the end of verse 67, yet my arm was not shortened, at all that I could not redeem, neither my power to deliver. Behold, at my rebuke, I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness, and fish stink and die for thirst. 
I clothe the heavens with blackness and make sackcloth their covering. And this shall ye have at my hand. Ye shall lie down in sorrow. Behold and lo, there are none to deliver you. For if you obeyed not my voice when I called to you out of my heavens, ye believed not my servants. Again, we have the Lord prophesying of those end time servants who would first gather out the strength of the Lord's house among the Latter-day Saints and then take the fullness of the gospel to the ends of the earth. When I called you out of heaven, ye believed not my servants. And when they were sent unto you, ye received them not. Wherefore they sealed up the testimony and bound up the law, and ye were delivered over unto darkness. Remember what was given to Nephi in Helaman chapter 10. These shall go away into outer darkness where there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. Behold, the Lord your God has spoken it. Amen. And finally, 1 Nephi chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. The one is the church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God belongeth to that great church, which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. And it shall come to pass that I looked and beheld the whore of all the earth, and she sat upon many waters. And she had dominion over all the earth among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and peoples, even that great harlot, the daughter of Babylon. And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore who sat upon many waters. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, were also upon all the face of the earth, and their dominions upon the face of the earth were small because of the wickedness of the great whore whom I saw. And now back to Isaiah 46. Verse 9, bereavement and widowhood shall suddenly overtake you both in one day. This is to the, the whore Babylon. They shall come upon you in full, notwithstanding your many magical feats and exceedingly strong combinations. Yea, establishing secret combinations, even being the great secret combination. Secure in your wickedness, you thought no one discerns me. By your skill and science, you were led astray. Thinking to yourself, I exist and there is none besides me. Verse 11, catastrophe shall overtake you, which you shall not know how to avert by bribes. Disaster shall befall you from which you cannot ransom yourself. There shall come upon you sudden ruin, such as you have not imagined. Persist then with your combinations and with your many magical feats at which you have exerted yourself since your youth. It may still be of use to you. Perhaps you can hinder it, but you are powerless despite all your tactics. Now let those who unravel the heavens, who observe the stars and make predictions month by month, stand by you and save you. See as stubble, they are burnt up in fire. Unable to save themselves to escape the hand of the flame. These are no embers to warm anyone. Such is no fire to sit by. And in 
you know, the book of Revelation, you know, as the whore dressed in scarlet rides upon the great beast who is also uh, donned in red, uh, eventually devours the harlot who rides him. See, verse 14, as stubble, they are burnt up in the fire, unable themselves to escape the hand of the flame. There are no embers to warm anyone. Such is no fire to sit by. This is what your procurers have profited you. Those for whom you have exerted yourself since your youth, each deviates in his own way. None is there to save you. And this concludes Isaiah chapter 47.